Intimacy is one of the deepest needs of the human heart. We all crave it, and we all enjoy it when we experience it in our marriages. Today, I want you to pause and really consider how you're doing on the whole intimacy thing. Welcome to the Only You Forever podcast. If you want to build a thriving, passionate marriage, we've got the research, the truth, and the answers you've been looking for. And now, here are your hosts, Caleb and Verlinda Simone Gendel. Hey everybody, this is episode number 116 and we're going to be talking about the different ways that we experience and express intimacy. And I want our listeners and even you and I, Verlinda, to think of this as an intimacy checkup, just kind of like you go to the doctor for your annual physical. Mm-hmm. Well, today's our annual relational. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Sounds a little weird, but... Yeah, rather. Let's do it. Okay. So last week we talked about the situation where folks stay married for the kids or due to other external factors mm-hmm. that keep them there and... What do you do about that? That was the question that we posed. Well, if you missed that show, be sure to go back and grab it. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button in your podcast player so you don't miss any upcoming shows from the Marriage Podcast for Smart People. Now, before we jump in, Verlinda, I feel like i got a big front porch today, but just bear with me. Okay. We put together a self-assessment for this show today that is a perfect tool to go along with this episode. So if you download this and work through the self-evaluation of how intimacy is working in your mind, your heart, your soul, and your body... You really have a picture of where your strengths lie and also where your growth areas are. So if you want this, you can get it by opening your browser to oif.link slash 116. Just scroll down that page, look for the gray box with the orange button, or you can text the word podcast to 9292 spouse. If you have to pay for text messages, you'll have to pay for those. Uh, Once again, all you need to do is text the word podcast to 9292 spouse, or you can find this bonus on our website at oif.link slash 116. All right. So coming to this, Verlinda, when we were looking at this subject and I was, I was going through the research for this, mm-hmm. you know, it really is a full person experience. Intimacy is. Yeah. Okay. It's your heart, it's your mind, your soul, your body all in one. And in the world of marriage research, we talk about those in terms of cognition, emotion, physical intimacy, and spiritual intimacy. Okay. So we can get all kind of woo-woo talking about this, but I want to try to keep it very real today. Because intimacy, just for a bit of a definition, is nothing more than an exchange. Okay. You know, just an interaction. It's a sharing between two people. And so you can share your thoughts. You can share your emotions. You could share your spirituality. You can share your body. Mm-hmm. Right? And when you share all of those things in a deep way, then you have deep intimacy. Okay. So we're going to go into each of those areas one by one and challenge our listeners on really considering how they're doing and if any of these areas are places that they need to open up more. Mm-hmm. I think like most people, when you talk about intimacy, it's just like the more polite word for, for sex. sex. Right. So what you're saying is like, no, this is huge. It's way more yes. than just physical. Yeah. One disclaimer, if you're in an abusive marriage, more intimacy is not going to help fix your marriage. Yeah. Just before we jump in here. So you need safety. In order to share more intimately. Everybody does, actually. Yeah. We need to feel safe to do that, right? Uh, if you give intimacy to someone who's not safe, you're giving them knowledge, and knowledge is power. And if that power is used in an abusive way, it's going to lead to even more hurt. Mm. Yeah. Or on the other hand, if you're both healthy people, even if your marriage is unhappy and distressed and you both get your ugly on, becoming more intimate and showing your softer, deeper emotions and thoughts will give your spouse something easier to embrace, Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then if this is reciprocated, of course, you start to create healing and something new and something much healthier in your marriage comes out. Right. And that's the work that I do when I'm counseling couples. I help them go there. Okay. So let's start with uh, cognitive intimacy, which is sharing your thoughts. 
You know mm-hmm. that little phrase, a penny for your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Just kind of think about that, Rick right? We say that when we want to know someone more intimately. And, and so when we say this little phrase, a penny for your thoughts, we're asking to be invited into the world of their mind. I think nowadays it's like, what are you thinking about? Yeah. And I can't remember where, but I read somewhere like that is like the worst question ever for a guy. <laughs> what do you... What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? I think Anyways. there's a corny joke back in there somewhere. Which yeah, we'll skip. Sure yes. So there's a good quote uh, related to this from a study by Moss and Schwabel. All right, I'm going to not start doing the German accent. <laughs> okay. From 1993, where they said the amount of personal information that individuals disclose is positively related to how intimate they consider their relationship. And it's also positively related to marital satisfaction. So if your relationship feels closer mm-hmm. and you're satisfied with it, you're going to share more information. Mm. You're going to be more vulnerable, right? Yeah. And this is sharing your thoughts. So, and remember that we define intimacy as an exchange. While in cognitive intimacy or in the context of our minds, it's just an exchange of information. When oh. we disclose our thoughts to each other, this is cognitive intimacy. It's happening in, in our thinking, right? Okay. Now, speaking from my perspective and maybe for a lot of guys out there, where this runs into issues is that I have like way more stuff going through my head than what I verbalize, mm-hmm. what I put into words. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to, and I still have to, mm-hmm. put some sincere effort into disclosing my thoughts, like to actually kind of push it out there, like, yes. and not just have it all spinning around in my head, right? Yeah. And it, it's not like I'm holding back intentionally, it's just I'm in my head. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, there's this conscious effort, whereas guys particularly, and I'm sure some women struggle with this too, we have to actually say, okay, you know what? I got to share, I got to table some of this with our spouse, right? And then others, you know, maybe might struggle with verbalizing everything. And it's overwhelming. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Theoretically, that could be possible. Yes, yes. And and this is kind of related to introversion and extroversion and all these things, right? Yeah. Now, neither is bad or wrong. It's just when we recognize that we need to do something differently or we need to do something more then we need to act on that. Yes. Is all right. So we're not trying to make anybody feel bad, especially not me. (laughs) But here's the deal. Like in this, from a study in 2005, that looked at nearly a hundred couples. This self-disclosure significantly predicted ratings of intimacy by husbands and wives on a day-to-day basis. So this is what I'm saying is that this is important because you feel more intimate if you're sharing what's going on in your head. Now, there's a few parts that go with this, and you need all of these parts in order to do this type or this part of intimacy well. Okay. So the obvious thing, which we've already stated, is you have to share your thoughts. This is called the initial disclosure, right? Mm -hmm. And your spouse needs to do the same. That's the starting point. So we actually have to get out there and start talking about what we're thinking. But the next critical part that has to follow this is what researchers call partner responsiveness, which just means that the listener has to audibly and visibly react to what has been shared. Mm -hmm. And they have to do so in a way that's relevant to the content that's been shared. Right. So if it's like... Okay. If you share something exciting and all you get is a uh uh-huh. Right. That's not quite right. Right. So that's the relevancy part. And so when you're responding to this, you want to do so in a way that communicates that you understand, that you care, and you're confirming your spouse's perspective. Okay, so one, you have to share. Two, you have to respond appropriately. Mm -hmm. But then the third part that comes in here, which we have to own on our own, is that the sharing person, when they see the response, they have to perceive that the response is understanding and confirming and caring. So you could say something, Mm -hmm. I could respond in a confirming, understanding and caring way, but if you don't perceive it like that... Then it's your fault. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Touche. Right. So the perception needs to match what the other right. person thought was the reality. Okay. When they're expressing this. 
And now what kind of gets added to this is that the research said that relative to husbands, wives' increases in intimacy are more strongly depending on this perception of feeling understood, accepted, and cared for by the husband. It's still important for men, but it's especially so for women. I don't know why. Okay. But I'm just putting that observation out there. So what you're saying is it's up to the woman to perceive correctly. Is that what you're saying? Not necessarily. Well, I'm saying that in order for her to feel like it's intimate, that has to happen. Mm-hmm. But I think there's two parts here. One is, and this is where we can be generous and show grace to each other. So one is that the person responding, which in this case is the guy, has to try to do so in a way that she can connect with and relate to. Yeah. Or should attempt that, right? Yeah, yeah. But on the other hand, she can also look at that and recognize that you know, on his scale of excitability, like he's putting out a 2.5, which is him saying, you know what, I'm really excited about this for you. He just never gets over a three. Yes. You know what I mean? A hundred. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Give me a break here. No, no, no. I know. You know what I'm saying? So both, both sides can show grace. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. What? Uh, I don't know. I think what you're in theory. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think I'm being unfair to women or, or to the perception people? Well, I just think that you can easily sit back at this point and say, well, like as a husband, well, it's your fault because, you know, I understood and I communicated that and you got it wrong. Right. Yeah. So if you want to be that kind of husband, go ahead. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but what I'm saying is both people have to take responsibility. Hmm. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. Because it's not yeah. all, it's because not all you know on what? him. If I've got my ire up about something. Yeah. I'm going to interpret it differently you're, than if I'm all lovey-dovey that yeah, day. You're going to filter. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I think the bottom line is we need to watch the perception and the reality and keep those two both in our minds, right? Yeah. All right, we can move on. I think we... Okay, let's talk about emotional intimacy. Okay. So this is the exchange of emotions now. So while this is in another category, because we're talking about emotion as opposed to communication, mm-hmm. the exchange of emotions doesn't occur without an exchange of thoughts, I don't think. You know what I mean? Like, it's really hard to divorce the two. Yeah. And it's as we communicate our emotions, or sorry, as we communicate what we're thinking, that our emotions are also expressed both verbally and non-verbally. So this comes through in in language and body language. And these emotions include things like love, a deep sense of caring, a sense of attraction or likability and so on. Mm -hmm. But I think there can be sometimes like, you're just so hurting that you're not sharing, you're not exchanging thoughts. But there's still an exchange of emotions there, too. Right, you can tell by the body language, the yeah. and roll over in bed, kind of. Well, I was thinking more like in tears. Tears, yeah, arms crossed mm-hmm. for different, yeah, depends what the emotion is, right? Yeah. So yeah. couples that have higher levels of, um, of marital satisfaction, they tend to discuss positive feelings more than negative feelings. And so there's okay. a cycle here that, that, that happens, and this comes from a study that observed this in 1990, where... Spouses who feel more emotional intimacy, they talk more, okay. which kind of makes sense. You know, yeah. more intimacy means there's more volume of exchange. There's yep. a more amount of stuff being shared. The more emotionally close they were, the more positive their expression of emotion, generally. Which makes sense too. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. Okay. And the more emotionally close they were, the more stable their expression of emotion. So less intimate couples move through a wider range of feelings relatively quickly. Whereas more emotionally intimate couples tended to stabilize their feelings toward the positive end of the continuum. Okay. Yeah. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. So, the, and this is why it's hard to fix a distressed marriage because you, you swing so fast and hard. 
oh, on the emotions, oh, right? Okay. And it's hard okay. to track and keep up with that, right? Yeah. But part of this is personality too. Like some individuals are very stable in their emotions. Yeah. And some would be a whole lot more pendulumer. Yeah. True. I would say some people are more muted in their emotions and maybe they should become less muted. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if stable is like stable can be a word that sounds good. That's covering up for a lack of emotional expressivity. That would actually be more helpful if it was there. Mm-hmm. Is all I'm going to say. Interesting thought. Yes. Because they're not communicating information about emotion. So it's harder right. to be intimate, right? Yeah. So stable yes. is not, you know, stable is actually not always, I don't know if I want to say that. Oh, but stable is not always great. Mm-hmm. It could be overrated, I yeah. guess is all I'm saying. But I mean, volatile is not necessarily great either. <laughs> <laughs> There's some happy medium I, in there. True, yeah. So now think about this in terms of, of a distressed marriage, right? So okay. in a distressed marriage, I think it'd be good to try to have as many conversations about positive things as you can. Like we'll often just let those things go because we're more focused on what's wrong. Mm, but we yes. can actually try to shift things a little bit by taking the little positive things of life, even outside your marriage or inside your marriage, like things that went well at work or during your day or, you know, the person that chatted to you in the grocery line that was friendly. Mm-hmm. So these are ways that we can express positivity, right? And you're just having little positive interactions. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yep. Like when I'm distressed, I get more and more focused on the negative. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sure we have some of our listeners there today too. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we just need to bump ourselves out of that negativity groove and start creating and emphasizing some positivity. So... This is not just positive psych or pep talk stuff. Like it actually works. This makes a difference. And we talk about positivity in episode 31. It's in part uh, three, I think it was. And the entire episode of 89 is about positivity. You can get that at oyf.link slash 89 or in your podcast player. You can scroll back up to 89 and have a listen to that. So not to repeat any of that, but there's some real practical strategies there that you can use in those episodes. So on the subject of emotional intimacy, then we just, if you want something that you can try today, start working on positivity mm-hmm. okay is one thought there now physical intimacy we're going to do physical and then spiritual okay so i hope that now having talked through cognitive intimacy emotional intimacy and now physical we understand that intimacy is about a lot more than sex because mm-hmm. for some of our listeners today that might be new information right yeah and that's okay if this is new to you but here's the thing if you if the other parts are not there the cognitive and the emotional you can do physical intimacy but it actually won't feel very intimate. Mm, okay. Right? Yeah. So while intimacy is about more than just sex, even physical intimacy is also about more than just sex. And it can include just being physically closer. Like, you, mm-hmm. you know, as we move through our day, we're around children or even out in public. We could be physically intimate by standing closer to each other. Oh, okay. By leaning towards you in my chair at church. Mm-hmm. You know, those kinds mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. That's physical intimacy. So physical, that's what I'm saying is that physical intimacy is more than just sex too. These are all, these are all socially acceptable ways to be intimate in public, physically intimate in public, holding hands or how you extend and then hold each other's gaze as you look into each other's eyes Mm -hmm. and other kinds of touch. Like uh, I said, hand holding, non-sexual caressing, those are forms of physical intimacy. Right. Right. Yeah. So couples who are more intimate show more of these types of behaviors. Okay. And I think that this is just good to note because if your definition of physical intimacy is only sex, then you're kind of missing out on a whole nother world of being close to each other. That's still in the physical domain, right? That you can add to your marriage and enrich it, right? Yeah. So, but it's kind of modulated by your culture. Yes. And by your family of origin values, like whether you had parents that held hands or not, 
whether you're you're comfortable with PDA, as our kids love to call it, mm-hmm. public displays of affection. <laughs> so I'm not saying that you have to have PDA in order to be physically intimate, but maybe even your home, if you're not comfortable out in public, maybe in your home, there can be more of these other kinds of physical intimacy that you would think about, right? Right. Okay. So that's that. Now, kind of pivoting back from how emotional connects to physical, there's strong connections between emotional intimacy and physical intimacy. So, for example, you'll often hear that men want sex to feel close and that women want to feel close before having sex. Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. And here's a quote from uh, Talmaj and Debs. Men felt more positive affect, that means uh, more positive emotional communication, during their conversation if they felt more sexually intimate, whereas women seem to require emotional intimacy to experience more positive affect, more positive emotion. Mm -hmm. So these findings confirm clinicians' anecdotal reports that men and women experience emotional closeness differently. Men are apt to use sexual interaction to increase emotional intimacy, whereas women tend to require emotional intimacy in order to be sexual. So nothing new there. No. Right? But at the same time, a study from last year by Levitt and Willoughby showed that men's attempts at physical intimacy were particularly associated with positive relational outcomes. In other words, men also need to feel good about the relationship in order to enjoy sex. Okay. But both genders are more likely to initiate if they are more satisfied with the relationship, have better communication, and less conflict. So... Which to me makes sense. Right. Like if I'm mad at you, why would I want to initiate anything? Right. And I think at a at a more subtle level, men are they get to the same place too. Yeah. And they don't enjoy doormat sex, where it's just sort of being provided because they're they're hitting for it. And it doesn't kind of meet or satisfy because I don't think most men recognize this, but they're looking for the emotional connection too. Hmm. Right? And so this is kind of why when folks come to me for counseling and one of them presents their primary concern is that they're not getting enough sex, mm-hmm. I'll often sort of respectfully just move that to the bottom of the list. Because that's not the problem. That's the symptom. Oh, okay. And if you yes. take care of all the other dimensions of intimacy, the physical will take care of itself. That's what happens in the emotionally focused couples therapy approach. That's how that okay. works. Okay. Assuming that there's no specific issues requiring sex therapy, like there's not an erectile dysfunction or an arousal disorder mm-hmm. or something like mm-hmm. that, right? So that's physical intimacy. Anything, yeah. thoughts on that, babe, or stuff we need to clarify? No, I think that, like, there was nothing there that was like, wow, right. really? It all just kind of made sense. Okay. So let's talk about spiritual intimacy, which is, I want to kind of think about this maybe as positivity in the soul. Now, spiritual intimacy is what happens when we share things that are spiritual that relate to our faith, right? And this is where I think from our beliefs and those of a great deal of our listeners, the Bible's teaching about an unequal yoke is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, the une- So the, the teaching of the unequal yoke in the Bible uh, comes from the epistle to the Corinthians, where basically it's teaching that would would be encouraging Christians to marry other Christians. Right. Okay. Yeah. So if you're able to share in this way and you have this like-minded spirituality, it adds a whole another layer of intimacy to marriage. Whereas if your faith is different, there's a limitation there. Yeah. Because this sharing is very difficult to do when the belief systems are very different, right? Yeah. Yeah. So from a study that was done a couple of years ago, uh, spiritual intimacy was seen to be characterized by these behaviors in marriage. And these are, these are interesting things. So I think we see these going on, but we don't always recognize them. One is feeling safe about being completely open and honest with one another about faith. Okay. Make sense? Yeah. Two, not keeping spirituality separate or private from the marriage. 
right? Just in the part of it. Yep. Three, remaining supportive when spiritual questions or struggles are disclosed. So this is important too, even if you are of the same faith, that you don't get critical and start hammering the other person for not being devoted enough to Christ or Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so on, right? Number four is listening to one another when talking about spiritual needs, thoughts, and feelings. Not getting preachy and just kind of blasting back, right? Mm -hmm. So spiritual intimacy, if you think about it, kind of shares a lot of the needs that you have at the emotional, communicative, cognitive levels too, right? There's some similarities there. Like you got to listen, you got to respond. Yeah, yeah. You have to be able to share safely. Mm -hmm. All those things. So, I mean, this is a lot more than just another Christian, like it's someone who's on the same page. Yeah. Has the same goals and values. Within their faith. Yeah. 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 I remember someone, um, there's the biblical teaching of the unequal yoke, but I remember someone telling me that their dad told them, you have to make sure it's not an uneven yoke either in the Mm -hmm. sense that you're married to someone and maybe it's an equal because you have the same faith, but it's uneven in the sense of your convictions don't line up. Hmm, that's an interesting yeah. way to put it. Yeah. So when this study looked at couples and how spiritual intimacy, intimacy tied into intimacy overall, they found a few things. First, if the marriage had less negativity and more positivity, the couple reported higher spiritual intimacy. Hmm. So there's a, there's a, so there's a, a connection from the non-spiritual dimension to the spiritual. Yeah. yeah. And secondly, if you looked at wives specifically, they feel more spiritual intimacy if their husband was less negative and more positive, even if you take out the contributing factors of sanctification marital love, collaborative communication skills, and demographics, which is interesting. So it's basically saying all those other things that might contribute to intimacy, if you zero them out yeah. for wives specifically, the husband's positivity is particularly influential huh. on spiritual intimacy. Okay. Which reminds me of Peter's exhortation in his epistle to husbands to love their wives in an understanding way. I think that's that element of positivity. Mm. Okay. Leads to a greater sense of spiritual intimacy as well, right? Mm-hmm. So what they found is that greater spiritual intimacy gives couples a resource to motivate them to be kind to each other and to resist the urge to go negative when they discuss their core conflicts. So their faith and their spiritual intimacy had a direct impact on their ability to have productive marriage conversations and be positive with each other, right? Wow. So, okay. So, which is really fascinating because at the end of the day, we talked about these four elements of, of intimacy, right? What's in our mind, our heart, our soul, and our body. Yeah. But you can't, you can't like Separate. run them on four channels, right? All yeah. these things run together. So, so if you guys are really strong in one or two areas, it's kind of like, well, what can we begin to layer in from other areas to add in and to enrich this more and more so we can really grow this, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. we want to be pushing in all these fronts at the same time. Okay. Which is why I think it'd be great to get our worksheet because it does question you in all four areas. Okay. And you can do that assessment there today. So once again, you can get that worksheet by sending the word podcast to 9292 spouse or by going to this blog post on our blog. And uh, you can get there by going to oif.link slash 116. So hopefully what we can see is all these pieces work together to help create more intimacy. All good? Yeah, I think so. Gave me lots to think about anyways. Cool. All right, let's wrap this up, baby. Okay. We want to give a huge shout out to thank Candida781 from Canada for leaving a review on iTunes this week, who said, informative and encouraging five stars. This is an excellent podcast that can be beneficial for any married couple. I appreciate how the information is based 
on biblical principles, Christian values, and research evidence. The podcast is relevant for a variety of situations, for example, couples with or without children, newly married or together for many years, and those who are struggling or couples who are already doing well and want to make their relationships even stronger. I like how Caleb and Verlinda discuss practical, actionable strategies to improve marriages and how they both offer their perspectives and ideas. I enjoy listening to Caleb and Verlinda and find them both to be very sincere, engaging, and positive. They also share a great sense of humor that is applied with sensitivity. Keep up the great work. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to leave that review. Yeah, and hopefully this podcast is one that people can take and make their relationships even stronger. Yes, indeed. So if you'd like to get involved in our mission to help save marriages through the podcast, we'd like to ask you to contribute to our crowdfunding campaign. We do need your help because we want to reach 5,000 marriages a week, and we can't do that without you. For even $5 a month, you can help us move towards making that a reality. And to participate, please go to oif.link slash give to learn more about how you can help us reach more marriages. Once again, that URL is oif.link slash give. And also, we'd like to acknowledge your contribution there. You can read up at that uh, webpage. Alrighty. Well, that's all for today's episode. Again, you can get the full show notes at oyf.link slash 116. And remember, we're here to help build thriving, passionate marriages. So if this was helpful to you, we'd love it if you could help us spread the word and share this with others who would also be blessed by it. We'd also love to hear from you and we answer every email that you send in. So thanks and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the OnlyYouForever.com podcast. Please help us reach and influence a wider audience by rating and reviewing our podcast at OnlyYouForever.com slash love. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.